0: Welcome to Harvest Time. My name is Sebastian Basildua. Our host on this program is Pastor Gary Walton, the pastor of Harvest Baptist Church. We often have the opportunity on this program where we tell the stories of Harvest Baptist Church, featuring interviews with our members and other friends of the ministry. You can join us at Harvest Baptist Church as we hear a special schedule this Sunday morning. Hey, Sebastian, good to talk with you today. And yeah, we are looking forward to uh, this Sunday As our listeners would know, this is the 75th celebration of the liberation of Guam. And so Sunday's a special day for our whole island. And we have uh, a little bit different schedule, special for the day. So instead of our normal adult Bible fellowships and Sunday school hour, we're going to have a fellowship in the Jetway at 930. So instead of going to our normal classes, we'll meet at 930 with some donuts and coffee. And then we're going to have one service all together at 1030. And uh, so we'd like to invite anybody that's uh, around to come and join us at 1030 for special Liberation Day services here at Harvest. And we're really thankful in honor of the Liberation Day activities that are coming up this weekend. We're glad to have a member at Harvest to join us on our show today. Miss Maggie Duenas is here and is going to be telling us a little bit about her experiences with the original time back 75 years back is that right there miss maggie yes sir yeah so thank you tell me first of all a little bit about your story when were you born and where
1: i was born in october 7, 1935 in again at home at that time there's no hospital right so it's the midwife who delivered
0: me and what year did you say
1: 1935
0: 1935 okay and what was guam like back at that time that would have been obviously before the war in 1944 and you would have been about nine years old we'll talk about that in a minute but what was guam like as you were growing up it's
1: wonderful it's nice uh and everything we don't have to go any place and lock up our house we can leave the house unlocked and go away for months and come back and the house is still there the way it is
0: wow very safe did you have other brothers and sisters
1: i have an older brother and a younger brother at that time i'm the third out of the 12 but during that time we're only eight my my youngest sister was born June before the war Okay. She's six months old when the walk came to Guam. Mm-hmm.
0: And what did your parents do? Uh, what, how did they make a living, and how did they provide for their family?
1: My father's a farmer and a fisherman and a hunter. Okay. My mother's just a housewife taking care of the children. And we live in Nagania where the Bank of Hawaii is now. And then we move up to, the, now they call it Isaganya but before it's called Apotgwana. And right where the funeral home in Isaganya, mm-hmm. I forgot, Island Funeral Home, that's where we live. So as young youngsters, we just walk across the ocean in the street to go to the beach. We catch clams, and little fish, take it home, and we let our parents cook it and we eat it. It's fun. We go swimming and nothing to worry about. Yeah cars running over us we just walk across this this street and it's a wonderful place to live and it's a wonderful time during those
0: days Those Nothing are great to worry. Yeah those are great memories mm-hmm. did most of the families that were living in Ghana at that time would have, they had similar types of they'd be farmers and fishermen is that right
1: Yes sir but most of all if like the martinez the calvo those are the rich people so they had a better living than us we grew up with taro, tapioca, corn, sweet potatoes, bananas, those are the things we eat during those things. Those are wonderful food. Nobody is obese because right after we eat thirty minutes, we go out and do our work
0: <laughs> so eating healthy and working right afterwards kept yes. everybody in pretty good shape, yes, sir, yeah, yeah, that's great. We
1: don't have electricity, we only have lantern, but it's something different. I wish I go back to that time.
0: Yeah, that's very interesting. And uh, some of the innocence of that time, I'm sure was really great. I wish mm-hmm. I could have seen Guam during those days. I've had the chance to be in some other countries that at uh, periods of time in their country where life was simple like that. You're mm-hmm. right. And there's a neat simplicity to that that's very attractive. Mm-hmm. So this Sunday, we're going to celebrate the 75th I guess celebration of Liberation Day, mm-hmm. and uh, you were eight or nine years old. Is that right? When I am that took nine place, years old. you were nine years old. Okay. And do you remember when uh, Japanese troops came to the island, and what that did? That mean to your family?
1: We heard it because everybody's running up to the ranch. Everybody's going to hide. They bombed again, eh? and uh, we were still at the rants. Then a young Japanese came to our ranch and told my mother and father, you have so many children lay out all their clothes on the ground and the uh, Japanese plane will not bump your house. So we did that. But we were also so scared because why is he telling us that? Is it a sign that put it there so they can bump our house? But he said no. But he's a very nice Japanese young man, maybe around 30 years old mm-hmm. at that time. And we did we put all our clothes, and then he also told my father and mother that hide food where you can find in the middle of the night. Don't come up during the daytime. Come out at 1, 2 o'clock in the morning, find the food, then we change the place of hiding your food so they will not find it, put anything above it that doesn't look like there's something in there. Mm-hmm. And we did exactly what he told us.
0: Wow. So you were able to put aside some food mm-hmm. um, for the future and also knew how to maybe protect herself. And that was by the goodness of one of the Japanese soldiers. Yes. Yeah. So did you stay up at the ranch then through this whole time?
1: No. My father found a cave right here by the airport. They had a fence around it. And on, in that cave, there is a bunion tree with so many vines and it families went in there. My father carried us down there, He like Tarzan. He <laughs> carried my mother and the baby first, and then one by one, and then the rest of the fathers carry their family, and they put us in the cave. It's about six feet in the cave where you can cook, and they want to see the smoke coming out and things like that. So that's where we hide. We never go for concentration camp. We never march. We're safe from that. We're just hiding in fear. Mm -hmm. We're just hiding in fear.
0: How long did you have to stay there in that cave area?
1: We stayed there maybe until Guam was bombed in December. Maybe six months later, we went out to the ranch. That is so scary to go back to the ranch. But my father made it possible for us to be safe and with the help of the Marines.
0: So about six months there in that cave area, mm-hmm. and there was other families there with you. We
1: have eight other families besides ours.
0: Hmm. Were you nervous when you're in that area? Were you scared there? When
1: you're a little kid, you don't think anything about that. Uh-huh. You know, you just wonder what's going to happen next. We sleep good; we don't worry. Yeah, our parents are the one that's worried because whether are we going to make it or not.
0: Were you able to go outside and play, or did you have to stay hidden all the time?
1: In the cave, we play because it's a very deep inside that you can just run around. As I said, little kids don't care whether there's war or what. We just play around.
0: Did you know anything? Did your mom and dad know of anything of what was happening kind of around the island during this time? Did you hear about it?
1: My father does. Yeah. In fact, my father went out. And he went to Lou when this is the war is over. He went out and he came back with uh, the smoked camel, the real camel cigarette, and a case of Franco Spaghetti. <laughs> that's the first food we try from the U.S.
0: Spaghettios, is that right? Mm-hmm. What did you think about that?
1: Oh, that's delicious! We just <laughs> opened the can and eat it out. Like that. <laughs> the whole family there. Uh, it's something different. We never had tomato sauce or noodles before. Yeah. We just had all these sweet potatoes, taro, tapioca, banana, and everything, but not uh, noodles.
0: So you thought that was good, though, when you ate that? Oh, yes. Oh, wow. Oh, yes.
1: <laughs> that is a real good food.
0: Yeah. So did you know about when the American troops landed? Did you know that they were had landed and did that change how you were thinking about? To things? be
1: honest, Pastor, we were my father and I and a couple of his uh, men that we live in the cave. We were we are not really aware of the war that they're here already. We walked down to the beach to catch some fish, and I said to my father, "Oh, there's a lot of fish." Not knowing is the tank with the military is coming in, and then my father said to his uh, friend, Perry let's go back and take our families, put them to safety because people are coming in. I don't know whether that's the American coming in from Tumun. So we all ran. And everybody's being taken to go and hide. Mm. And that's when we went to the cave. But we're very fortunate We didn't March, we don't go to concentration camp. We don't suffer the rest like the rest
0: of us. yeah. God really protected you and your family during that yes. time. Was that uh the incoming American troops that you saw yes. coming? Oh wow. Yes. Mm. yes. So you ran, your whole family did, up to the caves and then you stayed there for about 6 months after yes. that. Yes, sir. Wow. Wow. So as you look back, um you and your brothers, sisters, your mom and dad, did they did they talk much about the occupation previously or of uh, the Americans coming? Did you have a lot of conversations about that my as a My parents didn't
1: want to talk about it. Uh-huh. It's a hardship for a lot of my families, Yes, my aunties that don't live with us. Some of my mother's sisters and aunties were taken into the Japanese as a comfort woman. Mm-hmm. So they don't really like to talk about it, mm-hmm. not much but I do remember everything that's uh, happened to us.
0: Yeah. And then after the war had ended, I'm sure that you would meet up with other children and other families that had been to concentration camps. as that Yes, right? we do. Yeah.
1: We just uh, hugged at something started crying. We didn't know that they went through that hardship. We didn't have that heart. Yeah. I can say that we didn't suffer that much during the war.
0: Well, I know that it is difficult for everybody, and I'm sure for your parents, especially in those that hid with you, it was a very frightening yes. time and frightening period. How did Guam change after that? Did it feel like the same, or were things different immediately after the war?
1: It's a lot different because we used to stay in coconut house, coconut roof, coconut walls, bamboo uh, decks, and then, when we the war came in, the Marines started building us big houses with boards mm. woods, like a barracks, and they divide families. It depends upon how many children you have. They gave you that number of rooms, but it's like on this strip, we can have like classrooms. It's, that's how it divided. Then they built a big place for laundry, where we go and do laundry. They have water running for us, not like before. We have to dig wells for water.
0: So you weren't able to stay in your places back in Aganya. You had to move to another location?
1: We moved to Tumon, where the public utility right now and the telephone. Yeah. That's my grandfather on my father's side's property. We moved in there. From there, after the war, we moved to Deditru. So in since nineteen forty five we live in DeDiruth the present.
0: Okay. Okay. When the military, the American military built those houses did you feel like that was a, a good thing? Were you glad to be able to move to those houses or did oh, you yes. miss? You, you we were...
1: were given beds, coats, uh-huh. blankets. We never used blankets when we were growing up because under the house we live, we always had something smoking to uh-huh. keep us warm. But uh, it's very nice. We had our own rooms, three children in a room and bed, blankets. We feel comfortable.
0: Oh, it's very nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. What about schooling during that time? Did you grow up going to school? During the Japanese
1: time, I do go to school, my sister, my brother, and myself. But we always get punished because we walk from Dedidu, from Tumun all the way up to Machinano to attend the school. And we're still little children, so we play along the trail, (laughs) pick up papaya, ripe papaya to eat. When we got up to the school, the sensei got mad and put her head down on the Table with two uh, Japanese at the end with the bamboo hitting our head mm. ten times. Then we will be taken out to the ground to do exercise, jumping jack for ten minutes in the hot sun. Wow! But we, we didn't stop. We continue coming in late. With, with being <laughs> we're just little children, so we just we just act just like children do.
0: Like children do. You were gonna mm-hmm. take your time getting to school, right? Yes. Mm. So you stayed in that school until the Liberation Day happened, and then were there the same schools or different schools no, after that? No, when
1: the uh, American came in and saved us, we had a school built in Dedito. And just like the Red Barn School, something like that. Sure, yeah. They just have all the classes in there with different people teaching different ages. That's how it is. But those are the wonderful times. Mm. We have this Red Cross Christmas gift in a shoebox. If you're a boy, you get a ball. If you're a girl, you get a little doll with towels, toothbrush. Never brush our teeth with real toothbrush. <laughs> we just take the wheat or yeah. the little nut husk and brush our teeth with that. But that way, we even look at, what is this we're going to put in our mouth? Uh-huh. And then we say, oh, this tastes good. You thought it tasted <laughs> good, huh? <laughs> yes.
0: You sent me uh, a little bit earlier an article about your dad serving after the war had taken place, serving and sort of trying to identify locations that some of the Japanese soldiers were still around the island. Mm
1: -hmm. There's about 20 of them being called the Guam Combat Patrol. There are policemen in Guam. My father was a policeman. Okay. And they gather all these people. A couple of them are my uncles. And my father, there's about twenty of them that went and guide the marines, the army, where to find these uh, Japanese, and they found a lot.
0: Mm-hmm. Did that keep happening for a few months or a few years? It's after maybe
1: about maybe about a year and a half.
0: Okay. Yeah, and we have some pictures I think that you showed me. Maybe we'll be able to put them up on the page, Sebastian, mm-hmm. of of your father serving in that area. We're really honored as I'm talking with you to be thinking about all of these things that you experienced way back then and your family went through. It's really interesting for us to listen to them, but thank you for being willing to share them. As you look back on that time, what would you want the people of Guam today to know about or to remember about what happened during that season?
1: Well, I don't know a lot of people. For me... I don't want to think about the war. Yeah. I don't know about the others. And as I told you before, I'm not a speaker and I don't like to go out and tell people about it. Sure. I very seldom talk to my children about it. But now that John is sure listening, he can relate that to his children and his brothers.
0: Well, first of all, I'll tell you, you are a good speaker. Every time I talk to you, you are a very good speaker. I'm not. But I do understand the private nature of this mm-hmm. for sure. It was a, you know, an emotional time for everybody that was here, I'm sure. And and I really thank you for, for being willing to talk about it in this You're way. You're welcome. It helps those of us, of course, that weren't here to be able to remember the significance of what happened and why it's important. And it reminds us of the great freedoms that we enjoy today mm-hmm. and the blessings that we have here on Guam. And we're thankful for you and your family and for others that were willing to go th- and you know, en- endured some very difficult times. We really reap the benefit of that today. And so thank you for being willing to uh, willing to share some of those things. Even You're though most
1: I'm, welcome, Pastor.
0: I know that they're emotional for you. You mentioned your son, John, and his wife, Rosie. John and Rosie, and then you are all members here at Harvest. John's a deacon. Rosie serves at Harvest in a number of areas. And you've been a member here at Harvest for about how long?
1: Since 2007, okay. November of 2007.
0: Yeah. And very faithful. I always love to see you faithfully attending here at church. And I know that you love God and love His Word. Could you tell us what Jesus means to you, Maggie?
1: Jesus means a lot to me. He has guided me in all the hard times I went through, both work and home. He's very good to me. Yeah. I just thank my daughter-in-law for inviting me to harvest. Without her, I don't think. I came here because of my granddaughter going to school and having activities and I always have to attend them. They're my grandchildren. So one day she says, Mom, why don't you just come to the service? And see, And ever since, I am more thankful. I have my life better than when I was not a Christian.
0: Amen. Well, your testimony of desiring to serve Him is an encouragement to me week by week. But even now, to be able to share this is really a blessing. So thank you for being willing to do that. We're thankful for your family, for the influence that you're having on our church and the people that your family cares for. Really, the Duenas family is really a significant part of what God's doing here at Harvest. And so we're thankful for that. And we're praying for God's blessing on you. And we hope that this Liberation Day will be a special day, especially for you and others of your generation that experienced this event 75 years ago. Can you believe that? Mm -hmm. That's a few years ago. But thank you for being willing to share that with us today, You're most
1: welcome, Pastor.
0: Yeah. And thank you for listening to this special edition of Harvest Time. We'd like to personally invite you to services this weekend at Harvest Baptist Church. If you need more information, you can visit our website at hbcguam.org. hbcguam.org. Thanks again for listening to Harvest Time.